0: Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best's Directory of
1: Recommended Insurance Attorneys.
0: Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brendan Inman from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today attorneys Ray Alvarez and Kate Kamick from the law firm of Lux, Santinello, Petrillo and Jones in Florida. Ray Alvarez is the Managing Attorney for the Medicare Lien Negotiation Set-Aside and Workers' Compensation Department of Lux Antonello. He has more than a decade of experience in preparing medical cost projections, Medicare set-asides, and conditional payment lien associations with CMS. In 2011, he co-authored a Medicare white paper that was published in Trial Advocate Quarterly, a publication of the Florida Defense Lawyers Association, and several workers' compensation articles published by the WC section of the Florida Bar. Ray resides in the firm's Miami office, and the firm has seven offices statewide in Florida. Thanks for joining us today, Ray.
2: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Kate Kamick is an attorney in the Liability Division of the Orlando office. Kate represents insurers and self-insured businesses in matters involving complex litigation and serious injury. Prior to joining Lux Antonello, Kate served on active duty in the United States... Navy's Judge Advocate General's Corp as military defense counsel, and also as acting officer in charge of the Naval Legal Service Office in Guantanamo Bay. Kate was admitted in 2001. Today's podcast is on the SMART Act, which was signed into law earlier this year. The SMART Act is aimed at making settlements with a Medicare beneficiary go more efficiently and is estimated to reduce Medicare spending by $45 million over the next 10 years. Brendan Noonan is going to lead off today with our first question. Uh, Ray, can you give us some background on the new SMART Act?
2: Sure. The uh, Medicare Secondary Payer Act basically has three parts, conditional payments, reporting, and future medical. The SMART Act, which is known as the Strengthening Medicare and Repaying Taxpayers Act, only involves two of those parts, conditional payments and reporting issues. In other words, it's only going to involve cases in which the injured party is already A Medicare beneficiary either by age or by disability. It has nothing at all to do with future medicals. I just want to point that out because there's a lot of confusion out there about what this does. In my opinion, the beginning of the SMART Act goes back to at least December 2007. This is when Congress enacted section 111 which is the section of the Medicare secondary payer statute that started doing the reporting fines for insurance companies when they did not report Medicare claims to CMS. At that point in time, there was a $1,000 per day mandatory fine that the carriers would have to pay if they did not report a Medicare claim to Medicare in a timely manner. During this time as well, there was a lot of delays in getting conditional payment amounts from CMS. Cases were going to settlement, and the parties had no idea what the exact amount of conditional payments were. And you have to understand that these parties wanted to know before the summit how much of that summit pie was going to have to go over to Medicare. And at this time as well is when liability started getting the feeling that there might be something in future medicals for liability, Medicare set-asides. So my belief is that the SMART Act came from Section 101, and the confusion and the misunderstandings that were at that time. In 2011, 2012, the SMART Act was drawn up and went through the House of Representatives It went to Congress, went through all the subcommittees. And finally, in this year, January 13th of this year, President Obama signed the SMART Act into law.
0: Uh, Ray, what are five important provisions of the SMART Act?
2: Well, the SMART Act basically can be broken down into five main categories. The most important one being that Prior to a settlement, the individual parties can demand the amount of conditional payments that are allegedly owed to Medicare. They can do this up to 120 days before the settlement. The second provision was that Medicare is going to now establish a minimum amount of conditional payments that they can go after. In the past, Medicare would go spend thousands and thousands of dollars go after a $20 conditional payment obviously that made no economic sense so part of the smart act is that they're going to establish a minimum threshold of how much they will go after and obviously you know not go after the smaller potatoes basically the most important part for the carriers I believe would be that the thousand dollar mandatory fine that I discussed earlier is no longer a mandatory fine it's gone from mandatory to discretionary, and basically the insurance company carrier can still get a fine, but they're going to have to be able to show that they had no knowledge or they made a mistake, or it's going to be more discretionary. So the fine itself will be more related to the actual issue at hand. And lastly, if Medicare does not respond within a set period of time to your demand for a uh, the amount of conditional payments, there is a, a system in place that if they do not respond within a, a reasonable amount of time, that they may forfeit their claim to conditional payments. And lastly, they established a three-year statute of limitations, which basically says, you know, ending after, you know, three years, Medicare can no longer go after. They can't go after, you know, conditional payments are, you know, 10 years old. So those are the main provisions of the SMART Act.
0: Kate, how does the new law affect insurers?
3: Well, building on what Ray mentioned before, the biggest thing that insurers are celebrating about is that the $1,000 per day fine for failure to report is changed from a mandatory fine to a discretionary fine. The phrase in the law, shall be subject, was changed to read, may be subject to a civil money penalty of up to $1,000 per day for each day of non-compliance. Now, insurers could be subject to the fine, and so we're waiting to see what mechanisms are put in place to actually enforce this fine. The second issue that insurers have to be aware of is the three-year statute of limitations. Uh, as Ray mentioned, no longer can insurers or plaintiff lawyers or defense lawyers be subject to conditional payment reimbursements five, six, seven, to ten years after a case has been settled. However, all the parties, and the insurers included, have to make sure that everything is reported properly in order for that three-year statute of limitations to start running, and to make sure that they get the benefit of the three-year statute.
0: And Kate, how may settlements be affected by the new Act?
3: Well, there are a number of ways that settlements can be affected by the Act. The first thing I would remind everyone is that all the parties, the insurers, the defense lawyers and the plaintiff lawyers, have to be proactive in addressing all of these Medicare issues prior to the settlement date. One of the things that we would advise is that all the parties be aware of and communicate with each other about who is taking responsibility for which aspects of reporting to Medicare. The other aspect of settlement that could be affected touches on what Ray mentioned to us before, which is that prior to a settlement, the parties can request a conditional payment amount, and that creates a 120-day window where there is one conditional payment amount that the parties can rely on in negotiating their settlement. A final thing that can affect settlements is that the parties need to be aware of which date is the settlement date that medicare is going to use sometimes it's going to be the judgment sometimes it's going to be a settlement agreement that's reached at mediation sometimes it's going to be a settlement check and so determining which date is the actual settlement date is going to be important
0: uh ray and kate what are some practice pointers on handling a settlement in a case that involves the new smart act
2: okay i'll start off on this one kate Again, I think we need to emphasize that this new law, the SMART law, only deals with claimants to our Medicare beneficiaries, which basically means that SMART law is only going to affect a small amount of cases, again, those cases involving people who are on Medicare because of age or because of disability. That being said, the SMART law needs to be taken seriously and needs to be reminded of what's going on because, again, those cases that we're going to have, the SMART law implications will be few and far between. So you need to have your accounts somehow flagged that this is a Medicare beneficiary account so that it can be worked properly. My piece of advice is to be proactive, proactive, proactive. We all know the CMS backlog is amazing. I mean, they take months and months and months sometimes to get us information that we need to resolve our cases. The smart law gives us now a window of opportunity in which they have to, according to the law, give us the amount of conditional payments within a certain period of time. Given that we have 120 days to get that information and knowing MS and their backlog, I would recommend to be very proactive and at least 120 days before the case settles, whether it be by mediation, whether it be by negotiations to at least recommend to the carrier and request the amount of conditional payments as early as possible so that Medicare can provide you with this information. In my opinion, the days where we prepare a mediation evaluation a month before mediation, those days are gone because we need to know four months in advance what the conditional payments are going to be or what they should be so, that when it does come time for the mediation, we have that number and we can resolve that case knowing the amount of conditional payments prior to the settlement, which is what the smart law is trying to accomplish. Kate?
3: To add on what you've said, Ray, some practice tips in terms of settlements, I would add that the parties, the plaintiff counsel, the defense counsel, and the insurers, all have to be in constant communication about who is doing what and by that I mean which party is requesting the conditional payment amount the reason that that's important is the conditional payment amount request triggers that 120 day window if the insurer requests a conditional payment account the defense counsel separately requests one and the plaintiff counsel separately requests one CMS can pick the date that they want in order to respond to the request so have communication with everyone to make sure all the parties know who is doing what and which parts of reporting they're taking care of. A second practice pointer is that defense counsel should be aware of and in communication with their insurers about what the insurers are going to require as language in the settlement with respect to these Medicare claims. Each insurer is going to have different requirements. It's very difficult to amend the settlement agreement after the fact. So the defense counsel and the insurers need to communicate with each other to know what the insurance company requires and what they want in the settlement agreement. Another matter that I would recommend as as a practice pointer is that you need to determine how CMS will be reimbursed at the time of the settlement. For example, will Medicare's name go on the settlement chapter? how and when will they be reimbursed, and who will negotiate the conditional payment amount. The more detail that is discussed before the settlement, the fewer problems are going to occur after the settlement. Often, this type of detail is not addressed, and
2: it causes delays and complications.
0: And Ray, uh, where does this uh, new SMART Act go from here?
2: Well, guys, the the, the SMART Act is still a baby. It's like five weeks old. It really hasn't taken off yet. A lot of dates still need to be established as to when they're going to take effect. For example, the part of the SMART Act which says that they will no longer go after Medicare conditional payments lower than a certain amount, that amount is scheduled to be established every year before or on November 15th of every year. For example, this year, they have not established that number yet. So is Medicare still going to go after amounts of conditional payments that... Are not financially feasible. The amount of conditional payments, while it's a great thing, and the Smart Act is moving us in the correct, in the right direction, but having to wait four months to obtain an amount of conditional payments in this world where, at a push of a button, you get information, is still too long of a period of time. The parties that are involved in summits need to know, want to know, have to know the amount of conditional payments sooner than a four month period. As far as the $1,000 per day fine, that's a great thing because the $1,000 per day fine that was mandatory from Section 111 that came out in 2007, to my knowledge, not a single carrier has been fined yet because they were unable to establish a protocol on how to enforce that fine. So if they're going to have a fine, whether it be mandatory or discretionary, in this case it's discretionary, they need to have a guideline so the carriers know how to avoid the fine. The SMART Act, as far as I know, does not go into that information. In the end, it's a move in the right direction. It's a SMART move, SMART law. It finally is putting Medicare into a position where they're no longer a hindrance to a settlement but a part of the settlement. And unfortunately, Medicare sometimes has become an over-assuming power of a settlement that it takes up too much of the party's time and energy and it becomes too time-consuming and frustrating for the parties once they get involved with a Medicare aside. And Kate mentioned earlier that it's all about talking it over. The parties, carrier, plaintiff's counsel, Defense counsel, all have to be on the same page when it comes to Medicare because if there's people doing things that other parties are doing and then Medicare is going to have three or four letters from people requesting different information and that's just going to muddy the waters.
3: The bottom line is the SMART Act is so new not all of the provisions are in place and there are going to be changes throughout this year and the next year in how it is applied. Be in constant communication with your attorneys to get updates on how things are evolving.
0: Ray and Kate, thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank right. you for having us. Thank
0: you. That was Ray Alvarez and Kate Commick from the law firm of Lux, Santanella, Petrillo, and Jones with seven offices throughout Florida. Special thanks to Brendan Noonan from our communications team and to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. At I'm John Zubit, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message.